And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Yes, hello. It's me, Mei Lin. And uh, the edibles have kicked in. So that's exciting. Oh, that's good. What yes. else? Um, I hate this movie so much. I hate it. I hate the first 15 minutes where literally nothing is happening. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, it, just in case you're just joining us, my father died and my brother has taken over the pride land. And now my older brother is my father and he disowned me. Pretty sure you can't get disowned from your family by your asshole sibling. Yeah. But now I'm a. But ever since my brother's little private temper tantrum, I I feel that I am I am. Uh, it kind of reminds me of one of the early Steve Martin movies. I forget which one where where he was like, "I divorced thee." I. Divorced. That's what this disownership reminds me of. The man with two brains. Was it? Yeah, it was the man with two brains. He was saying that to uh, V.I. Warshawski. <laughs> What's her name? Sybil Shepard. Nailed it. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, that's what we were talking about in the first half of the podcast. It was amazing. And it was a, it was a tearjerker. You really should have been there and listened to it. It was amazing. But... Uh, to summarize the first half of the podcast, fuck my family. Now, yes. let's talk about this week's movie. And, and before we get to it, I want to take some time at the top yes. of the second half of the podcast to address the unfounded rumors yes. surrounding our Christmas episode. Very unfair. We do this. We do this uh, this is our eighth annual viewing of this film. And there's a lot of rumors out there, and it upsets me so much. I'm about two seconds from going nuclear. Yeah. New catchphrase. I know you love it. Uh, <laughs> but I just want to address the unfounded rumors. There is a rumor going out there. A lot of people talking about it. That says that we simply reuse the same notes every year. Yeah. And that we don't actually watch the film. Haters going to hate. And come up with, yeah, yeah. Haters are going to hate. I think my brother may have started these rumors. Yeah. You know, what better way to go after his sensitive, beautiful trans sister than by sabotaging the podcast. Yeah. I'm going to blame everything on Joe now. You know, kind of like how uh, evangelical Christians blame everything on the devil? Yeah. And it's like, oh man, I have a headache. I don't know what type of voodoo Joe is doing. Uh-huh. Okay. I, I would also like to take this time to say that um, this year, twenty, the year of our Lord, twenty twenty three. You know, I can. I was confirmed Episcopalian. 
And I am trying when to was this? uh February. I remember you, you so I remember saying to people communion? I remember ceremony? saying to people kind of it's like thing? after the after the ceremony, they're like, Oh, are you going to stay for for the uh for the after are you gonna stay in for afterwards when there's gonna be drinks and food? And I'm like no, I've got to go see a horrible movie and talk about it with Bunny Williams. Yes. And so I imagine there's a lot of people out there that get confirmed into a, into Episcopalianism, but not a lot that are like, I can't stay. I've got to go watch, I don't know, the Bloody Moops or some shit. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm trying to better myself, trying to be better than who I was before. And so this is me not reading out loud someone's autobiography. Okay. That is horrible. <clears throat> this is me not reading it. And not making fun of a book. Because you know what's missing in the literary world? People want to hear more stories about alcoholics who had a lot of sex while being a karaoke DJ. Yes. Like, move over Britney Spears' memoirs. What about the guy who ran karaoke at a tiny shitty bar in Northern California? That's, that's the story everyone wants to hear. Yeah. This is me not reading that biography. But um, if anyone's interested, just, you know, DM me. But what I'm saying is this, our eighth annual discussion of Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny is completely different from all the other ones. Yes, it is. And if you want to, you can go out yourself and listen to episodes 445, 429, 285. What gap? 241, 198, 154, and 105. And you can listen to all of those and then listen to this one, episode 470, and you will see that completely different. Completely different. Yes. Well, Poffies, it's the holiday season. Time to hang up your stockings, light your menorah, and hide your painted eggs. It's time to wear some green or else you'll get pinched. Isn't that crazy that we have just, okay, here's a holiday for Jesus. Here's a holiday for love. Here's a holiday for Jesus' resurrection. Here's a holiday celebrating our nation. Here's one for sexual harassment. Yes. It's, it's like, okay, here's just a holiday where you get to spank anyone you want. Yeah. It's weird. You know, like, oh, I can pinch you because you're not wearing the right color. You try explaining that to, to a foreigner. Fucking yeah. weird. I'll, yes, the but, holidays. But see, but see, I am Irish. I will pinch you back. Hell yeah. I am Irish no matter. I am Fucking sorry if green is just not my color. Okay. Yeah, I understand. I That's understand. It. Black suits you. Yes. Yes, the holidays. Time for the annual 
pilgrimage to Mecca. Time for Maxwell and I to once again undertake our annual Hajj. My favorite part is the drinking from the well of Zamzam. Uh, well, the Maxwell's favorite part. My favorite part is uh, the counterclockwise running around the Kaaba. So I guess I'm just old-fashioned like that. Yes, my friends, time to talk about the true meaning of Christmas. It's about dressing in costumes, getting free candy, eating insane amount amounts of hearts. No, eating insane amounts of turkey and falling asleep in front of a football game. It's about eating candy hearts, and it's about the birth of America. It's about fireworks. Yes, Christmas is the day that we celebrate the birth of Christ by becoming the angriest, greediest motherfuckers on the face of the earth. Uh, Christmas is also about Christmas movies. You know, there's been many classic, classic Christmas movies over the years. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, Die Hard, Gremlins. Um, fuck, what was it? Eyes Wide Shut! Thank yeah, you. Thank you. I, I almost forgot it. And this week's film, which saves you time and money by being three. Three crappy movies in one. Yes. It is the hideous cinematic stillborn known as 1972's Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Yes. And you know, Bunny, this week's movie is so bad that a lot of people, including some bad movie lovers out there, have actually never heard of this movie before, let alone seen it. It's really a, it's really a, and it's really a under the radar type of movie. Surely have not seen it over and over. Yeah. And over. I do and not over like riff tracks. Again. Huh? I do not particularly like riff tracks anymore. However, their riff tracks of Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, it it's 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 the easiest way to digest the film. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the difficult part about this. A uh, completely all new take on Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, and not some sort of bizarre meta joke that only the two of us get. Yeah. Um, the difficult part is how to explain this week's film without sounding completely insane. The basic plot is uh, it focuses on Santa Claus, who it should be noted never said this joke before. Yeah. Ever. And I sure as hell don't look forward every year to saying this joke. Because this is the first time I've ever said this joke. And it's not like you're going to go out and, 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 and fact check me. You're not going to go and listen to episodes 105, 154, 198, 241, 285, 429, 100 episode gap. And 445, and then listen to this one, episode 470, and find out for yourself. So, Santa in this film <coughs> rates a 9.5 on the Joe Don Baker sweat meter. Yes. Mitchell. Ma, 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 Mitchell. 
Uh, Santa crashes his sled on a beach in Florida. That's Florida, the state, and not Flo Rida, the rapper. Um, and then Santa would be a murderer. You don't want Santa yeah. to be a murderer, do you, kids? Especially not so, on Garbage Day. Yeah. Garbage Day? So the reindeer leave him because it's too hot. And if you forget that, it's okay. Because they will remind you of it every minute. <laughs> In the beginning of the film, they will remind you every minute that it's hot. Uh, personally, I hope that Santa fires the reindeer. Hey, maybe it's time to put him down. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is really but, a... You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, damn. The reindeer just fucking left you? Like, <coughs> fuck it. Get AI. You can get AI to fly you around the world, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, so he tries a bunch of different things to get... plenty of technology. That would help Hell Santa, yeah. Santa along these days. Uh, I heard that reindeer. Elon Musk is working on a self-driving sled. What's that? It just exploded. I can't believe it. Well, he's currently trying to actually brand Santa Claus so that then nice. he owns him. Yeah. Nice. Good on you. So uh, Santa tries a bunch of things to try and get his sled out of the sand. Kids, a gorilla, a donkey, another, and and other animals from theme park petting zoos. Um, he summons the kids in his in his sleep, which I think is a new mutant power. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, a whole different movie breaks out. This movie within a movie is actually much longer than all of this Santa nonsense. Actually, there's another bit to this because in the movie within a movie, the character of Thumbelina visits a pirate-themed theme park in Florida post-Disney bastardization. They visit Pirate Land Amusement Park for no reason whatsoever. So really, it's a movie within a movie within a movie. It's Crapception. Yes. Trademark 2023, the Popon film and Undead Cow Studios. Yes. Because I just came up with that. Crapception. That joke has never been said before. No, no. So it's new to me. Sand yeah. So Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny is a 1972 kids movie. It's important to note that throughout the 60s and 70s and even 80s, uh, the powers that be in Hollyweird seem to think, seem to all literally think that, hey, this is a movie for women. Better make it a romance. Hey, here's a movie for kids. Remember, kids are stupid. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, Mac and Me, The Oogie Loves and the Big Balloon Adventure, Oppenheimer, the list goes on and on. Yes. Now, this is shit, but in order, this movie is shit, but in order to fully get to the bottom of Santa and the ice cream bunny, we need to talk about a specific movie genre. Now, Bunny, do you want to guess what movie genre we're about to talk about? I bet you'll never guess. 
you will never guess. Never. Like you gotta pick. Oh my god, you are absolutely right! How in the world did you guess it, buddy? Wow, your psychic power. Your psychic mind power was so incredible. Yes, nudie cuties, the Pope on film, kicking it up a notch. Yes. So nudie cuties were softcore nude movies from primarily the 50s and 60s that featured ample toplessness, select bottomness, no bush, no dong, lot of cheek, and usually some of the broadest humor ever to be written into a script that didn't have he and ha in the title. Yes. Uh, humor so broad it made Benny Hill look like Shakespeare. Like, imagine hee-haw, but Minnie Pearl and Roy Clark are fucking naked. And also, I'm sorry to put that in your head. Remember yeah. Benny Hinn, though, buddy? Benny, Benny Hinn, yes. The, Benny the Hinn, the guy healer. who like heal people with his jacket yeah. and stuff. Some freaking Middle Eastern minister who would heal people. What happened to him? Is uh, he he's still, still alive? floating like, around there somewhere. Benny Hinn. American-Canadian evangelist? Israeli-born American-Canadian evangelist. Look at that. He's still alive. He's 71 years old. He's been married and remarried a couple of times, which I don't think is um, okay for a man of God. But hey, what do I know? Yeah. Uh, okay. So where was I on these totally new notes? Yes. Okay. So, uh, I've got a list, Bonnie, of yes. some classic nudie cuties that have been created. Now, did I make some of these titles up? No. Yes. But I didn't make up too many of them. So maybe just get off my lady dick, okay? Yeah. Damn. So here are some classic nudie cuties that have been created over the year. Nudies on the moon. The monster of Camp Sunshine. And that when a monster attacks a nudist colony. That one sucks. <laughs> so bad. Nudies at the Abattoir. That is a, um, a place where they make hamburgers, but everyone who works there has to be naked. Uh, Law and Order Naked Homicide Division. When they change scenes, it goes dong dong. Uh, I just came up with that. Totally new, just like everything else I'm saying in this part of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Totally new. Nudie University, Nakedsville, USA, Citizen Kane, Naked Welders, Nudie Popes Go Bananas, one, two, and three. Okay, never mind. I made up a majority of the list, but you get the general idea. They were cheap movies shown in badly lit grindhouse theaters in the bad parts of New York City before P.F. Chang's and the M&M store came along and sanitized it all. Yeah. And at this point, you may be wondering why we're having this conversation about nudie cuties when we're supposed to be talking about Santa and the ice cream bunny. But don't worry, Bunny Williams. We will get there. Okay? <laughs> we'll get that. 
Uh, one of the leading directors of Nudie Cuties was a guy named Barry Mahon. And I'm almost positive that the H in his last name is silent. But I believe that all letters matter. Yes. And that we shouldn't allow letters to be silent. Let's make their voices heard. So his name is probably Barry Mann. But here, in this safe zone, yes, he's Barry Mahon. Sorry, Barry Mann, Mahon. You're Barry Mahon now. Sorry, woke leftists. That's a joke, <laughs> by the way. In case you're just joining us because we are the... We are the leftists. Yeah. Mister. That's craft reference. Anywho, yeah, Barry Mahon was a veteran. <laughs> he was in, as uh Dick Miller said in Gremlins, he was in WWII. Yeah. And according to Waikapadaya, he was captured and tried to escape, and he was a hero. And they made a small little film about Barry Mahon. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called The Great. Freaking escape! Yeah. And let that sink in. The film The Great Escape is based on... Wait. Hold on a minute. Wait, no. Barry Mahon was considered by many to be one of the true life stories that The Great Escape was based on, and I believe he did milk that. But no, that film is now known to not be about him. Oh, well, please regard the last uh, seven years of us covering this film. Yes. Barry Mahon was in WWII. Then that wrapped up. So he came back to the U.S. and started cranking out cheap-ass, low-budget schlock. He would go on to make over 60 films in his lifetime, and he started with Nudie Cuties because what's the one thing you put in a movie and it becomes a hit? Tits. Hell yeah. And Barry Mahon directed such totally real films as Forbidden Flesh, Sex Club Intern, Nude A Go Swinging Nurses, The Love Cult, Nudes on Tiger Reef, The Beast That Killed Women, Bottoms Up, and my favorite title, the one with the most pizzazz, The Diary of Knockers Macala. Yeah. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was written by Nelson Mandela in prison. Yeah. Which makes it an important film to watch. I should have named myself Knockers McCall. Shit, like I missed an opportunity kicking, there. That'll be my... If, if, I'm not a, a drag queen. I'm a trans woman. But if I was a drag queen, what that is 100% my name. Knockers McCall. Yeah. Nocturus McCullough? McCullough? McCalla? I have a real hard time pronouncing these crazy white people names. Uh, Barry Mahon didn't just focus on nudie cuties, though. The veteran was prolific. He also released such stinkers as Pagan Island, Cuban Rebel Girls, and Rocket Attack USA, which was also featured in a hilarious episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 Season 2. It was a Joel episode. And we all know that he was the best. Joel and Mike are my Steve and Joe from Blue's Clues. Sure, yeah. Joe was around longer, but Steve's star doth shine the brightest. And I'm not saying that because that's my dead name. And the former name of my older brother, 
Joe before he turned into my brother father. Yeah. Like we're more like we're Mormons. Well, this is how the story goes. It's the late 60s in Dania, Florida, and uh some business people get together like they do, and they opened a 100 acre theme park called Pirates World. What? A big theme park in Florida? That will never work. And for a few years, Pirates World was a pretty big deal. It opened on April 8, 1967, and it was primarily known as the first major Florida theme park. And they also had a big outdoor auditorium. The lineup of concerts they had at Pirates World was freaking insane. Led Zeppelin, Grateful Dead, Black Sabbath, The Doors, David Bowie, Frank Zappa, Steely Dan, and Johnny Winter recorded a live album there. 1971's Johnny, Johnny Winter and was recorded at both the Fillmore East in NYC and freaking Pirates World. So for a small period of time, Pirates World was the freaking place to be. Yeah. I can't, in my mind, I just imagine, oh man, let's get some churros. Let's go ride the Ferris wheel. And I don't know, do you want to see Led Zeppelin? <laughs> Fucking, I guess. Where are they? Oh, they're over there by the, by the bumper boats. That's fucking weird. Mm -hmm. So, cut to the Disney Corporation. They have an amazing, wonderful, and altogether wholly original idea. We are opening a massive theme park in Florida. Never been done. No one has ever opened a theme park in Florida. We are the first to ever do it. Yeah. And by and large, the Disney people got all the credit for being the first theme park in Florida when it opened in 1971, despite Pirates World opening in 1967. Uh, but Pirates World didn't last long. It would close by 1973, but they tried. The yeah. Pirates World people tried to stick around. They fought and struggled, and someone said, how can we get people into this park? And the idea became, what about we make some cheapo kids movies here in the park? They'll not only turn a profit because we'll, we'll use the park as the setting for the film, which will make it, we can make these movies for next to nothing. And uh, it will also, these films will go out there and it will act as de facto ads for the theme park. Yeah. And as the stars aligned around that time, Barry Mahon's nudie cuties weren't making any money anymore. What other movie genre can I do that I can make on the cheap and will guarantee to make money? Oh yeah, kids are dumb. And so, <laughs> uh, yada, yada, yada. He makes a shitty Wizard of Oz movie for kids. And it's like, I'm going to make a shitty Wizard of Oz movie for kids. How do I do this? Uh, I know. And he asks Pirate World if he can film the Wizard of Oz movie there. And he and after that Wizard of Oz movie, Barry Mahon made Jack and the Beanstalk at Pirate World. And then Thumbelina 
And also at Pi- also at Pirates World, that's three movies at Pirates World. And then he would record maybe fifteen to twenty minutes of extra footage of Santa on a beach, and shove and those two pre-existing movies into the new footage and say, "Hey, it's a brand new movie." Oh, so Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny was the first Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two, except Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny didn't have Garbage Day. Yeah. I brought Garbage Day into it. I'm really proud of it. Um, thus, it was Santa missed, and the though. Ice Cream that's, Bunny. That's, it was missed. Yeah. 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 So, Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, that is how it got created. The movie is shit. But here's a fun fact that I have just recently learned. And then I've never said on the podcast before. Because you're not going to check. So... When Barry Mahon was making his cheap-ass Pirates World film zero-budget Wizard of Oz movie, he's like, how can I get people to pay attention to my shitty movie? And so he started doing interviews and saying, yes, this is going to be a huge movie, massive movie. In fact, we're going to get the star of the original Wizard of Oz movie to be in this to sing her classic song somewhere over the rainbow. It was bullshit. And of course she's not in it, Yeah. but she got people in, he, but Barry Mahon got people interested in Santa and the ice cream. But nowadays, this movie is most well known as being a riff tracks movie. They released a riff tracks version with Thumbelina. And then later they did a riff tracks live. And for that one, they did the Jack and the Beanstalk version. So they have recorded videos for both. Yes. Because there's two different versions of this movie. Most of the time, if you go out and you try and find Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, you will get the Thumbelina version. But I like the Jack and the Beanstalk version just because it's it's just smaller. It's shorter. Yeah, I feel that the, the Thumbelina movie just drags the fuck on. Well, there's like not really exactly a story there. It just kind of meanders through a few things. It looks like a community theater for play for children. Yeah. That was written by the director. Which is basically what this was. <laughs> I did describe it. However, since... Uh, so this movie is most well uh, known as a Riff Tracks movie. However... Since Mike Nelson is a right-wing Christian conservative jackass, this podcast of ours is now Rift Tracks free. If you want something like Rift Tracks, may I suggest either go back and find Cinematic Titanic, which was freaking wonderful, or The Mads. I am yeah. in love with The Mads. Really? I haven't, I haven't watched them yet. I have heard about them. I, I love the Mads. It's the Mad Scientists from Mystery Science Theater, the originals, Dr. Clayton Forrester, and TV's Frank, and they're making fun of bad movies. I like it because they'll cuss and they'll make leftist jokes. Yeah. You know, because, and I, again, like all of the mystery science theater people say that we're all a family and there's no animosity, but here's 
Mike Nelson, who hosted a conservative podcast doing his stuff, and then here's Joel over here doing his own stuff, and here's two people who definitely smoke weed. Yeah. And vote for Democrats doing their stuff. So I like the Mads. The Mads is what I want. The Mads is what I want riff tracks to be. Yeah. And I really like them. Uh, also, check Pluto TV on demand. They always have a bunch of shitty ass movies. Uh, so that's it for this, uh, for what I have for uh, Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. This is episode 470. This is our eighth year. Eighth year doing yes. this one movie. Yeah. And again, and again, uh, I will ask. Uh, it was my idea. I don't know if it was my idea. But one of us had an idea to do the same movie at the end of every year. And it was down to Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny and the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah. Do you still think, here on this, our eighth episode, do you think that you have that we made the right choice. Yeah, again, because you can mix it up. You can okay. mix it up. Okay. You, you can watch the Thumbelina. You can watch the Jack and the Beanstalk. You've got a choice of two riff tracks. You know? Okay. So, yeah. All right. The Star Wars Holiday Special is just going to be the Star Wars Holiday Special every time. Have you seen a disturbance in the force? Um, Your silence says no. All the fucking time. Huh? All the fucking time. Okay. Our whole reality has become a disturbance in the force. Okay. Fuck it. We're watching that for the next episode of the podcast. I haven't uploaded it to the shared cough cough yet, but we're fucking doing it. A few, like a month ago, they released a big budget, full length documentary about the making of the Star Wars holiday special. It's called really? The Disturbance in Force. It's supposed to be freaking great. We're watching it for the next episode. Okay. You you will be getting a message in a in in a in an hour or two. But this is absolutely what we're doing. It's a brand new documentary. Just came out. And it's solely about the creation. How did this movie get made? The Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, and I'm excited to. So we're going to watch this. That is the next episode of the Pope on Film. I'm excited. You know, we can move on from my Jerry Springerian family drama and just have uh, a fun time making fun of Star Wars, which is the American pastime. I think complaining about Star Wars, I would say, has passed baseball in being something purely American. Yes. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So the next episode will be a patriotic episode because we will be doing what all Americans are destined to do, make fun of Star Wars. But that's the next episode. Now that this one is wrapped up, now that I'm looking back at this one, the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, I gotta say, 
I gotta say, I think that this has been a pretty good episode, though. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, good. I was going to say that, but I, I didn't want to step on your toes. I feel like you're the one who makes that decision and not me. But yes, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am May Lynn. And on behalf of you, Natasha, Eleanor, Maxwell, and everybody else, and Ann Amber, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens! Hey, what was that? Okay. Hey, you. Poopy. Poopy? I cannot believe you. We try and run a clean podcast here, Eleanor, and you come in with your filth, flarn, filth, flarn, filth. We try to keep it clean here. Shit, Eleanor. You were in so much fucking trouble for using language like that. Fucking hell. Do 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 do